You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. Hello, everyone. It has been a hot minute since I have been on here recording a podcast episode, and I'm so happy to be recording again for you guys. The reason why I've taken a little break from this is because I have been planning out an offer for a program, a six-week program that I'm going to be offering soon for everybody, and that has taken up a lot of my time. There's a lot of moving parts that need to get into place, and I'm getting closer by the day. So keep your eyes open for that offer. If you haven't yet signed up for my email newsletter, you can do that on my website at kristenbrown.org. Or if you are not yet in the Attract a Great Guy private Facebook group, you can do that by attracting the title Attract a Great Guy into the search bar in the Facebook search engine and it'll bring it up and you can join. Got to answer, I think, one or two or three questions and then uh, you will be accepted into the group, and that way you will be ready for when this program launches, and you can see if it might be a good fit for you. I was super motivated to record this episode today because I woke up this morning to just a really sweet and delightful email. For those of you who are listening to this, who are HSPs and empaths, you understand when I say that this particular woman had just a delightful, sweet, loving energy about her. I could feel it through the words that she wrote to me. She contacted me because she wanted to leave me a comment about a video that she had recently listened to. She left me a beautiful testimony, and I thank you so much for that. It's really great always to get feedback, so I know that I'm delivering to you guys exactly what it is that you're wanting to hear or to learn about. But secondly, she asked me a question and the question went like this. I have a question about my constant need to replay everything in my mind as to why things happened the way they do and how they end relationships. Can you share some guidance on letting some of that pain and cyclic thinking go? So I sat down and I wrote a list of the reasons why we might be stuck in the pain of that cyclic thinking. First, just let me kind of define what I believe she is talking about. Have you ever had a relationship end, whether you're male or female, whether you're straight or have a different sexual orientation, a relationship ends and you sit and think about it and you think about it and you think about it and you dwell about it. And it's taking up your every thought and it's consuming your energy. It's consuming your mental capacity. It's hard to focus on other things because you're just really focused on the ending of that relationship and replaying things that had happened within the relationships. Conversations that were had, actions that were taken, whether the person called, didn't call, how you responded, how they responded all of the parts of the relationship. When relationships end, it is actually quite important that we do go back over the situations in that relationship because we learn so much, which leads me into point number one, 
that replaying and looking through that history with that person and replaying scenarios, questioning things, and talking to other people about things is really quite normal. It's actually normal in our day-to-day life. If you think about it, how many times have you had a conversation with a boss or a family member or a friend or a clerk at a store or some type of manager where you wonder how you came across, if they misunderstood you, if you said something that might have been offended? It is normal that we as human beings question and think about situations that have gone by. It turns into a problem if we are obsessed about it. For those of you who have known my story or have listened to this podcast for quite some time and you've listened to most of these episodes, you probably know all about Paul. I'm not sure if I've ever used his name before, but he was a person that I dated right after my second divorce. And I thought he was the bee's knees. I thought he was the right person for me. And not soon, you know, we weren't together too terribly long and he kind of started slowing down the relationship and giving me reasons as to why and those reasons seemed to be suitable and I, you know, the compassionate, loving, empathetic person in me was completely understanding of the whole thing. Really what was happening though is that we were breaking up and he wasn't being completely 100% honest with me. And it left me in this strange state of limbo. And I found that had I just consulted my intuition, which I did, my intuition was telling me like, girlfriend, he's done here. He doesn't want to be in a relationship with you. But I was banking on his words and the things that he was saying to me. So it left me very confused. I constantly replayed scenarios. I weighed in on every texting conversation or time we were together, or how I acted, or what I said, or if I sang in the car, if I didn't sing in the car, if I drank, if I didn't drink, if I had sex with him that night or didn't, you name it. If he canceled last minute, how I responded to that. I mean, I was constantly obsessed with thinking about this. It took up all my time and energy and it made me really it made it really hard for me to function normally in the world. Now I was able to function, but I know me and I wasn't at the top of my game. So it is normal to question things and to go back through and want to analyze and see what possibly happened. And like I mentioned, there is an exit interview that is is super serving to us because we can look back and we If we're really honest with ourselves, we can understand where maybe we were being needy or desperate or controlling or whatever it is that we might discover about ourselves, and we can heal that prior to going into the next relationship, and we can practice it in our next relationship. So exit interviews are great. What's not great is when we obsess, when we can't stop thinking about it. And there's a reason for that, which is going to flow us perfectly into point number two, is that it's a need to control. Sometimes we overthink and obsess about scenarios because we want to control it. If we can find out exactly what went wrong, then we can change it. And not in a healing kind of a way. Oh, I need to be more fun or I need to have sex with him sooner or I should have waited to have sex or I should do the 
24-hour rule. I don't text back right away. Or I don't know. I'm making rules up because I know there's a lot out there in the world right now from people who are teaching this stuff. There's a lot of rules wrapped up into it. And so we start looking and weighing ourselves against all of these things. And really what that boils down to is a need to control. As human beings, we want control because we're afraid. We're typically just afraid. We're afraid of what's coming down the pike. We're afraid of pain. We're afraid of betrayal. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of not being accepted and loved for who we are. So if we can control the scenario or you know, go back to the past relationship and try to change up something where we believe it went wrong, or we can take that into our future relationship by trying to change some superficial aspect about ourself, then we believe we have some type of control of the pain that we have potentially coming into our lives. Most of us know by now that changing up behavior is really not where the money is. That's not how we ensure a healthy relationship. It's really all about self-love and valuing ourselves and having a firm set of, of morals and values of what is okay and not okay with us. But I won't go there because that's not what this episode is about. But that's going to lead me into uh, number three, a possibility, because these are just possibilities of what's going on with you. It doesn't mean you have to be all five of these. It could mean you're one of these or kind of part of one. But the question was, why do I overthink? Why can't I let it go? Why am I in this cyclic pattern of pain and replaying my, my situations from my last relationships? And one of those reasons that we could be replaying is that unconsciously we're looking for somebody to complete us, so to speak. If you've listened to me before, I don't believe that anybody can complete us. The love that we are looking for is our own. And a person should just be a cherry on top of all our already great self-esteem and great self-worth. So where they actually add to our lives. But when we have not yet healed that inside of ourselves, which is a lot of people in the world, okay, I'm not pointing at anybody saying, saying there's something wrong with you because I do believe self-love is the spiritual path. That's what we are here to learn is self-love. However, if we are still walking around with a void inside of us, a void that believes we have to get love outside of ourselves, we have to feel approval and acceptance by the outside world, then when we meet somebody, we get this hit of, self, of acceptance and love and approval and attention, then we believe that we are something, and that's a very intoxicating feeling. It's a very addictive feeling, and we want more of it. So when that person leaves us, it leaves us feeling though our source of worth is within that person. So we think and think and overthink and try to plan and strategize and literally find the quote answer and quote of what's going to get us that hit back. So that's going to keep us in a cyclical pattern, which leads me to point number four, which is we sometimes might believe that that person is our last chance or they were our only hope. Because inside, we truly don't feel worthy about what we can have or what we're worthy of or what the universe, we don't trust that universe and God is really as abundant as we've been told by so many people. So we believe there is a lack of resources 
and that one person was our only chance. That's another reason that might keep us stuck in the cyclical pattern of obsessing and overthinking about the past relationship. The way to undo that is to really truly sink in, take some time to study and embrace the fact that the universe, God, source, the force is all love and absolute abundance. There is nothing that we want that we cannot have. It's out there and it's waiting for us in escrow until we shift into a vibration of worthiness to receive. When I learned that powerful universal truth, I understood that if someone left me, that that was okay because there was something better coming and that situation slash relationship was absolutely a classroom for me to learn in. So I wanted to learn the lesson, which brings me back to the exit interview that I spoke of earlier. I wanted to know what was I doing? What was it about me? And this was what the, my entire College of Kristen was about. When I set aside time, an unlimited amount of time, I did not know how long this would take for me to work on myself and to figure out what it was about me that kept attracting the same type of dysfunctional relationships. And I did. I went back through all the relationships and I discovered what, what was my contribution in it. And it wasn't superficial things like, oh, I didn't call or I did call or things like that. It was like, where was I believing that this person was going to give me what I couldn't give myself? Where was I accepting the unacceptable? Where was I believing I wasn't worthy? Where was I desperate or acting needy? Those came up too. And the way I healed through believing that Paul was my last chance is I got super logical about it. I sat down and I said, is that really true? Paul's my last chance. And at the time, there was 7 billion people on the planet. And I said, okay, that's just not even logical. There's 7 billion people on this planet. I'm truly believing that that was my last chance at love. No, because if the universe is abundant, that can't even possibly be true. And get this, to actually believe that I was quote unquote special and I was the only person on this planet that was not worthy to receive a loving and reciprocally amazing relationship, that was very egoic. That's saying that I stood apart from the entire world. So I brought myself back down into the oneness of all of us and who we all are and what we are deserving of. And I realized that I was deserving of an amazing relationship just like everybody else was. Which leads me to point number five, which is we can obsess about things that we say because we don't trust ourselves and or we are afraid that we are unlikable. When we question everything we've said to somebody or we say, oh, I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have wore these shoes or I, I shouldn't have made him take me home early or whatever it might be that we're doing, I could give you a million scenarios. When we question ourselves, we're not trusting that we are making good choices for ourselves. We are worried, more worried about what the other person thinks, which leads me to saying that we, our need to be liked is running the show. I can think of situations that don't even re involve romantic partners. 
It could involve a friend. It could involve the mailman. It could involve, gosh, anything, a school teacher, one of my child's teachers, just a conversation that I had with somebody. And every time I would leave, I would question and replay and replay and replay those scenarios over again. Oh my gosh, did I look like this type of mom or that type of mom? Or I hope I didn't come across like this or come across like that. And I would obsess about how I was being seen by this other person. What that boiled down to was I didn't trust that I was likable. I didn't trust that I had the right words. I didn't trust that my morals and values were in place and that what I was saying was important and valuable and valid. What I was more concerned with was whether that person liked me. Once I started healing my self-worth and really truly connecting to and attaching to myself and knowing who I am and trusting who I am, that slowed down immensely. Now, the reason why I'm saying it slowed down is because it's not gone away completely. I still question things I say to people. I still question conversations. I still ruminate about disagreements or sharing my opinion with somebody sometimes. And oftentimes that comes when I don't get the approving smile and nod. If somebody just kind of looks at me in a different way, I'm not even going to say it's odd or weird, just a different way that doesn't sink into my brain as approval, then I start questioning myself. So once again, I'm looking outside myself for love and approval and acceptance. Well, here's the thing. The only thing I need to worry about and you need to worry about going forward is are you being true to yourself and are you being respectful and kind? We are allowed to think, feel, believe, and want anything. Our only job is how we are portraying that information to the other person. And I always ask myself, was I, re- was I honest? Yes. Was I respectful? Yes. Was I kind? Yes then I know that I'm off the hook and I do not need to have questions and replay scenarios in my mind about conversations with the mailman. It doesn't need to happen. Now, this might take a little bit of time for people, those of you who are really, really stuck in this pattern. And I'm saying that with compassion, not with judgment, because I understand, girlfriends and boyfriends, I understand. But if you are stuck in that pattern, Give yourself a break while you work to undo it because it's completely undoable. And we can undo that by catching the fact that we are ruminating or obsessing or overthinking a situation or replaying a scenario over and over again. We can catch it. We could say, okay, what's going on here? What do I need right now? I'm questioning myself. All right. Was I honest? Was I respectful? And was I kind? Yes. All right, but there still could be a part of you that's like, but, 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 and that part of you is your ego, okay? It's your fearful disclaimer. It wants to keep you small. It's going to go, oh yeah, but this, but this. But you have to learn to train yourself that if I was uh, honest, respectful, and kind, that I'm off the hook. I did everything with light and with love, and that's all we can ever possibly do in this life is do things the best that we can with love and with light, Another important point to bring up is that what I've noticed on my path is that these things still come to me, 
but they don't last as long. And that's what I consider growth. It's not that I'm perfect or you're going to be perfect or any of us can ever be perfect because we're humans and humans are fallible. They just are. We make mistakes. We are works in process. We are little spirits inside a human body that has an ego and has fears and has limited beliefs and false beliefs and things that are driving our train. So what I notice about myself and I consider growth is when the process is shorter. So yes, I might have that thought initially, but I can undo it quicker. Maybe I was jumped into a fear zone thinking I offended somebody or didn't say it right or I wasn't liked or I didn't get the approval I thought I was going to get. And maybe that lasted three or four days. And maybe now I can get through that whole process in a matter of 10 minutes, sometimes maybe one minute. Sometimes it doesn't even come up anymore. Now, that doesn't make me any better than you or anybody else. There's people probably that don't even have these thoughts because they don't go there. What this means is that I've been in that particular school a little bit longer. I picked up that book earlier. I'm saying that figuratively. And I learned that piece just a little bit sooner. It's like if you learn to ride a bike three years before me, you're going to be awesome at it where I'm just picking it up and I still need the training wheels. There's no judgment for any of us in any of these situations because we're all just learning and we are on our own unique spiritual path. So don't hold yourself up against what anybody else is doing or where anybody else is. Just look at yourself and say, am I better at this than I used to be? Even if it's just by degrees, better is better. That's healing, that's growth, and that's what we're looking for on the path to empowerment. I want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to give a big shout out to the sweet girl who messaged me with this question, because this is a very pertinent question. I'm just so incredibly proud of you, and I hope that you can give yourself a really big hug right now, because girlfriend, you are on path. I know I wrote that in my email to you, but I want to stress it again, because when we have these type of questions that are just so aware, and in her email to me as well, she was owning certain aspects about her personality or how she's been behaving, how she sees herself, things that had happened in her past that kind of formed how she was behaving. And that is it. She's on path, and that is great, great, great awareness. And once again, I just want to tell you, sweet girl, I appreciate you reaching out to me, and I hope you got a lot from this episode. And for anybody else that has any questions, please feel free to message me. I love your questions. I will respond back to you personally. You can email me at hello at kristenbrown.org. Until next time, keep being that beautiful, unique, and authentic you. Because nobody else is like you, and we need you. Much love.